We told you guys about the special post-game show we're going to be doing from now on, but now we're adding a pre-game show as well. So join Tim and I as we go over this week's college football games, what to look out for, and also, of course, UK football. So stay tuned and listen. Welcome, guys, to the pregame show for the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Lordy, Tim, there are a lot of good college football games this weekend. I'm just looking over some of these games, and it's just judging by looking at these games, it's going to be a fun weekend. Oh, yes, it's definitely going to be fun. And a lot of excitement for Kentucky fans all and fans all over the country. I think it's a good day for I think this football. Is, this is probably one of the best weekends so far, I think, for this season at least. I definitely think so far uh, there might be some better weekends in he- ahead of us, but this definitely a good game, uh, a lot of good games to kind of get a good gauge of your favorite school and how they're going to be this year, ultimately to kind of foreshadow what's going to happen later on in the season. Yeah, and let me tell you something. Something that wasn't exciting was last night. The Louisville Cardinals just absolutely just getting murdered at home losing to Georgia Tech 66 to 31 and Louisville's defense just could not do anything at all against Georgia Tech's run game. And yeah, Georgia I, Tech had 542 rushing yards versus only 12 passing yards. I guess that's just to tell you what kind of game it was last night. Yeah, and when you telegraph that you're just going to run the ball and you still can't stop them uh, that is a huge problem for any team. You know, I mean, defensively, if they're just saying, hey, you know, we're just going to run the ball against you, and you set up your run defense and you still can't stop them, you have some problems. Louisville has some really big problems. Uh, I mean, we're, we're to the point now where we're thinking that possibly they may not win five games this year. I really and I never, don't. Yeah. Um, and just looking at – Georgia Tech, they run a triple option offense. So, te- you know, when they come into, you know, the team stadium when they're playing another team, I mean, t- these opposing teams should know that's, the you know, their main ad- objective on defense is to, you know, maintain that run game. And Louisville's defense just, you know, like I said, they just could not do anything. And Georgia Tech's not even that good of a team. In, in the no. grand scheme of things. No, they're three and three. I mean, after the win, they're a 500 team. And and we're talking about, um, you know, someone, uh, a team that is one and two in the ACC with the win against Louisville. They're right. one and two. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, they're in Duke territory, North Carolina uh, talent territory, and they're crushing Louisville. That is something that, um, you know, just a little factoid about the game. Uh, it was the worst football, uh, worst loss for Louisville football since 1997. I took a picture of the, the stands uh, during late in the game, and <laughs> I, I don't think fans are very happy right now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so either. And I think with the athletic director being gone – um, you know, they kind of cleaned house. I think he's definitely on the hot seat. 
if he can't pull some more wins this year. I think so, for and, sure. Yeah, I mean, his main support structure is gone mm-hmm. as far as the hierarchy at, at University of Louisville Sports. So, and we know his tricky past. Um, you know, he's had some controversy with him before, and Louisville right now is trying to recover from controversy. So uh, they may use this as an opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to make a change. Right. Uh, we're not there yet. It's still early in the season. They're going to let them play out the season. But if this becomes a disastrous season, there definitely should be on the table that uh, this guy might be replaced, uh, Petrino. And, uh, you know, that's just one of those things that come along with football. You get paid a lot of money, you're expected to produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I told you this. I think they'll get probably give Petrino a year, maybe this year, and uh, they just, you know, this Louisville, just their whole school in general has a new administration, of course, a new president, new athletic director, and you know, there's like you said, they're looking to clean house and have a clean slate and new start, which is something that Louisville desperately needs right now, and. Yes. Petrino is part of that, you know, that, that history. And uh, I think that, you know, they'll give him one more year. And then if he doesn't produce, then, you know, Vince Tyra is probably just going to, or Tyray, I don't know how to say his last name, but, you know, just saying, hey, buddy, I mean, got to go. We'll find someone new. Yeah. My hopes for University of Louisville sports in general is, um, you know, they went from a culture at, to of win at all costs. In other words, we'll overlook, um, you know, certain character deficiencies in order to win. And that goes for the coach. It goes for the players. It goes for everybody. And that's that kind of win at all costs culture. And hopefully University of Louisville uh, will, you know, we want to win, but we want to win on our terms and good terms. Right. And I'm hoping that they pivot to that. And, you know, University of Louisville, if they can do that, I don't care if they go to the championship every year, if they're good, you know, um, or anything like that. And I'm a Louisville alumnus. So I, I you know, I, I love Kentucky, but I also love Louisville too. And I want to see that come back where I can be proud of this team again, instead of holding my head over, holding my hand over my eyes and shaking my head. I mean, you know how painful that last year was for me because, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, all the times I went to school and, uh, you know, this was during the, uh, you know, a a different era, you know, back in the early nineties, but it, you know, we had a a really good thing going and then it's kind of shifted and it just started kind of sliding downhill from there. So, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, that's all my thing, my take on Louisville, and I believe that, uh, you know, hopefully they're going that way. And if that involves getting rid of a coach who has questionable character and in order to pivot and maybe start over, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, a lot of L fans will have a problem with that, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, there's plenty of new coaches out there that Louisville would probably take a risk on not risk, but you know, there's, you know, that might have a better potential for than Bobby Petrino has right now. 
And I think the problem with Louisville football this year is, you know, the past three years having Lamar Jackson has left this, these fans with expectations that, hey, Louisville's going to be good year in, year out now. But, yeah. I mean, and you know, let me just tell you, though, even Lamar Jackson, there was a sl- slide as far as their performance in his last year. Yeah. You know, he was doing everything. I mean, he was. I yeah. mean, last, you know, his last year, he was literally pretty much almost 100% of their offense, whether through his arm or through his legs yeah. or running. They didn't really. And, and yeah, they would, could, their defense was in the same condition, too. Mm-hmm. You know, people were running up the score on them. The only difference is now, I think, that their offense back then could keep up with that, you know, and, and overcome it. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, they. Lamar, you know, like I said, you look at Lamar Jackson, who was their everything, and then once he leaves, it's just a complete downfall. And defense is not good. Juwan Pass hasn't been good taking over the helms of – although last night he had a decent game, but other games he hasn't been taking over the helm of quarterback at Louisville very well. And they have, do have, they do have some freshman quarterbacks that look pretty good too – like Malik Cunningham and Jordan Travis. I was watching Jordan Travis last night, and he was really athletic. Um, he made a couple good passes. But like you told me, they weren't. They were playing the second stringers and third stringers. So yeah, you get up on a score like that. <laughs> but and I mean, the coaching's been terrible too. Let's not forget that. You know, I mean, some of the calls, the calls against Florida State was just. I mean, uh, that was a teenage kid call. You know, I hate to mm-hmm. not to knock teenage kids but I mean passing the ball when you're up and you know you're trying to run out the clock it's like the dumbest thing you can do and so I mean Petrino can't you know you can't look at the team and say well you know the the roster's down and it is you know but at the same time Petrino partaked in this downfall too and his coaching Mm -hmm. you know they also have a very young team and you know I think that Louisville, I think in the future, they should be a good team. And I think they'll get back to where they were. But, again, with looking at this new Louisville administration, they definitely want to have a clean slate and get back to, you know, being, you know, trustworthy people. There's not going to be any scandals and, you know, just stuff like that. And I think, you know, going to basketball for a little bit, I mean, hiring Chris Mack that was a good that was a good call because mm-hmm. he turned around a, and he turned around that Xavier program, and I think you know he's doing good things at Louisville. He already for 2019 he's already got four four star players, and I don't I can't remember the last time Rick Pitino got that many. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think Louisville, you know, just every program in general, I think they can go back on the up and up soon. I think they'll yeah. be okay. And and the last thing I want to mention about UofL, UofL has the infrastructure. They do. They have the stadiums. They have everything they need to do. They just need to do it right, get good mm-hmm. coaches, uh, get decent recruits, you know, meaning recruits that are going to say yes, sir, no, sir, and be uh, 
not stare down a defense when they're down 35 points. I, I think that was uh, – <laughs> I, 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 I haven't laughed this hard at Louisville football in a long time. And Louisville, Louisville's down that much, and they score a touchdown, and then you have a Louisville – I think he was a freshman too. Yeah. <laughs> you have a freshman just staring down a Georgia Tech player when they're down over 30 points. I mean – Yeah. Yeah, it's just like – Score your points, duck your head, and and then get back there and try to get back in the game. Don't worry about staring them down like you're beating them by thirty. Right. And, uh, but you know that's the culture too, and and I think that's a little bit of the culture that you kind of get into with a Petrino at the helm. And and you know not to throw Petrino completely under the bus, but like I said, that win at all costs. Uh, you know you might go after recruit who, uh, you know, might have a little bit of an attitude problem and things like that and uh, versus, you know, really kind of vetting players and, and picking the right players. They don't have to be, and you know, with football, and you know this, Tyler, they don't all have to be high-star recruits. Look at Benny Snell at Kentucky. Yeah. Benny Snell's a great example. He was just a three-star. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, you take a chance on somebody who's got some character and things like that. And, and I definitely think, and, you know, that that's the uh, – you're never going to get Alabama-type recruits at Louisville or Kentucky or any of these uh, other schools. Even Clemson can't even do it. Clemson's the closest. But, you know, um, it's – that's what you're going to have to do. You have to be able to – judge character, see talent, and see talent that you can mold, that's important as well, rather than having it show up at your doorstep with attitude and, and then asking them to play football. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and looking back at when Louisville won their the vacated basketball championship in 2013, I mean, Louisville was at the top of everything. Their football team just won the Sugar Bowl against Florida. And then you have a national championship, which is, you know, of course, since then been vacated. I mean, Louisville was at the top, and they were one of the top programs in the country. And But, you know, like I said, I think they'll be okay, especially with, you know, this new administration. I think they'll get off to a clean slate, and like I said, they'll be okay. And, and, and so, we want the best for Louisville, too, you know. And, yeah, and yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't wish harm for Louisville. I really don't. And, I don't. No. So – Going to this weekend's football games today, we have Texas at Oklahoma, who's playing actually playing right now, LSU at Florida, or Florida at LSU, or is it? Never mind, I messed up. Was it? Uh, it it's uh, they're at LSU. Yeah, sorry. Florida traveling to take on LSU, and then Clemson at Wake Forest, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech, and then of course. Uh, seven o'clock game or team UK at Texas A&M, which and that's going to be a tough a game. Correction. I'm sorry, but it's actually at Florida. Oh, it's at Florida. Okay. Yeah. So that's so, going to, that's an interesting thing in itself. So <laughs> LSU at Florida. So, and then, uh, of course there's other games going on right now. So, and yeah. I wanted to talk about Texas at, at Oklahoma for a little bit. Uh, okay. Texas is, you know, they beat, uh, USC, which USC is not hasn't you know not that good as they have been the past couple of years, but that's a quality win in my opinion. And then to go on and beat TCU, which TCU was hanging with Ohio State, mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, I'm not going to say that Texas is back, but I think they're definitely, you know, they're getting there. And I, I actually, I actually think we could probably for this year at least. I think they are back, and and they are beating Oklahoma right now. I'm not saying they're going to win. It's currently halftime. Yeah, it, well, it just started. Um, so I mean, it's still it's 24-17. We're in the third quarter. Um, you have uh, Texas driving its fourth and three at the Oklahoma 28 right now. So uh, you you. You're having a Texas team that can drive against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And the Texas defense is to an extent, I mean, they're never going to stop Oklahoma's offense, but they are containing them. And uh, I definitely think that uh, the fact that they are playing a really good Oklahoma team, they're beating them. And the I, I can think it's fair enough to say that they're going to hang into this game and probably either win it or, you know, lose it by a small margin. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that's huge for them. And Would you- the Texas crowd is just insane. You know, oh, yeah. it, it, it's just crazy at the Cotton Bowl. And it's just, you know, but, uh, hey. <laughs> I mean, that's – I mean, if Texas – I mean, let me ask you this. If Texas ends up beating Oklahoma, do you think Oklahoma is out of the talks for the playoffs? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't think any team that's going to get in other than the SEC team, they're, they're going to almost have to be undefeated, okay? And I, I truly believe that. And, and the reason is is because Oklahoma and, uh, you know, and other teams are not playing the uh, – the quality type of teams that an SEC team, you know, SEC conference is playing. So, you know, that, that's one of the things that's going on. I think if Oklahoma loses, they're out. Unless every team that's undefeated loses. I mean, I, we're I, talking I, about four teams, you know. And LSU, too, that might be their only chance if Oklahoma ends up losing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you got a number of teams – that are undefeated, and if you look at their schedule, you know, they have a pretty good chance of staying undefeated all year long because, like I said, most of the challenge games that they had in their schedule are over with. They either won it or, you know, they are, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think if I'm Oklahoma and I'm going into that halftime and I'm down to Texas and I'm the coach and say, hey, you know, if you guys want to play in the championship, you got to come through in this, this second half or it's not going to happen. They really need to treat it as a be all or nothing type of deal. And I think that's a good thing for a coach to do yeah. to help motivate the team because, you know, who doesn't want to go to the championship? You know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's why they're there. <laughs> and I definitely believe that this game for Texas is, a, you know, prove that we are back game. Yeah. You know, and if you know Texas ends up pulling it out, you know, I look at Texas and maybe even they have a shot at the playoffs if they keep winning like they are. But they've already lost one game, and that game was the first game against Maryland. And like I said last week, when they lost against Maryland, I was like, oh boy, Texas is going to have another poor season. But you know, they they've really came back, and they're four and one right now, I believe. And I mean, if they end up being Oklahoma, I mean, this. The new coach that they have, and Tom Herman, he's 
he's a did he's a good coach. He did good at Houston and coming to Texas. He, he had a so-so season last year, but I definitely think that he's turning this Texas program around and trying to get them back to where they were when they when they had Vince Young at quarterback and where they're just top of the world. So I Texas is definitely on the up and up for me. And they'll definitely yeah. be a team to look out for in uh, the next years. Well, if Texas can get established, and you know about the fan base of Texas. Oh, yeah. If they, it's every bit like a Duke or Kentucky basketball fan base. I mean, they travel well. They, uh, they're they rabid fans. And if they get any type of footing in, you know, perennial top 20, even perennial top 10, Boy, you're going to see some uh, craziness. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's they live, breathe football there. So, but, uh, 100%. And LSU, wait, it's at Florida. So, I'm just wanting to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Yes, LSU, LSU. LSU is traveling to take on Florida. So, in my opinion, I think Florida, I think they're going to give LSU some problems. And also I considering agree. that it's in the swamp. I know Kentucky beat Florida at Florida, but, I mean, I still think they're going to give LSU problems. Because after that UK game, Florida has played a million times better, you know, going on to beat Tennessee and absolutely just murdering Tennessee at Tennessee's own place. And they had a good, really solid win against Mississippi State. I just think that Florida, I think, I think they're going to hang with LSU tonight. I, I think I agree with you. And and they're very comparable in their offensive numbers. Um, now, Florida does turn the ball over a little bit more. But um, I, I definitely think they're very comparable in their rushing stats and, and their passing stats. So, I, ultimately, I think what's going to determine the winner of this game is who can stop who. I think the offense will produce no matter what, but if if one defense can bear down on another offense, I think that's ultimately going to be. I I do give the edge to LSU, even though they're playing at Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Florida, you know, can be beaten at home, and we know that with Kentucky. And, you know, we got to rethink our thoughts on Florida because they lost to Kentucky, a good Kentucky team, that's yeah. still undefeated until this, you know, until this next game. So, yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at it as a whole, I mean, that, I mean, maybe early in our season you say, hey, that's a bad loss for Florida, but knowing what we know now about Kentucky and that they're still undefeated, that really that, wasn't a bad loss for Florida. Yeah, and, and if you look if uh, tonight, and I, like I said, I'm not really counting my chickens, but, uh, you know, if Kentucky beats Texas A&M at Texas A&M, Florida looks like a pretty good team, mm-hmm. you know. And if they and if they put up a fight against LSU, then we know that they're a pretty good team because LSU's played, you know, they've had some really good games. They're undefeated. Uh, they're in the SEC too, in the SEC West, which is, you know, you know what that's all about. But oh yeah, the Gauntlet Division, <laughs> and uh, so. You know, Florida is definitely – I don't think they should be written off so easily. And um, I, No, they shouldn't. And yeah. LSU, 
and you look at the rest of their schedule, they have a gauntlet of games. And if they want to make the playoffs, they're really going to have to fight for it. Um, and I actually have the schedule right here. They play Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama in the next three games. <laughs> wow. Now, and LSU does have a little bit of an advantage that all of those games are at home. Yeah. So, you know, they got they kind of got lucky with the way their schedule got worked out where they have three tough games at home. And after Alabama, they travel to take on Arkansas. Then they play Rice. And then they play Texas A&M at the last game of the season. And they play that at Texas A&M, which is, yeah. you know, again, 105,000 people or – you know, mm-hmm. if they can squeeze 114,000, they could. But, uh, I mean, you know, just it, like I said, if LSU wants any chance of making the playoffs, they're going to have to fight for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, they, and, and I'll tell you this. I'll say this. If LSU comes out of that with one loss, I think they should be seriously considered for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that they can beat Georgia. And I've said this before. I'm not really impressed with Georgia. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State, I think. You know, LSU can very well win that game, too. And the toughest of those three games are, is definitely going to be Alabama. Yeah. I, I I would give them the loss in that game, considering how Alabama's oh, playing. Yeah. So, you know, going back to the LSU-Florida game, I would, like I said, with you know, like with you, I, I definitely give the edge to LSU in that game, but it's not going to be a blowout by any means. And I yeah. think this – I mean, LSU, I mean, they haven't really blown out teams, but – I think LSU, what, what this game comes down to is defense. Yes. And we know Florida has a good defense because, you know, when they beat Mississippi State, they only allowed them to score six points. So yeah, I think this is going to be a very defensive-heavy game. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think you got it right there. And, and you know, it's going to be an interesting game to see, uh, you know, how that first drive – I think that's the most important, especially LSU – playing at Florida, if they get the ball first, how well they drive down the field. And if they drive right down and score, uh, Florida is going to be caught a little bit back on their heels. But if oh, yeah. Florida stops them, uh, you know, all it's going to take is get that crowd in there mm-hmm. and and audibles go out the window. They're not going to be able to call because Florida gets loud too. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that, that that's why I think the SEC should have two teams this year because – it's just so much they're, – they're beating up on each other. Uh, the talent is there, everything. And, you know, with that said, the ACC being down, you know, uh, a lot of conferences that normally put up some decent uh, teams, they're gone. And, you know, so I think this is definitely a year for two SEC teams. may not be LSU. It might be Georgia. It could be Kentucky by – hopefully by some miracle, you know, that they get through and maybe only lose one game. Uh, you know, so it, regardless, I think that uh, the SEC is, is really kind of on its own. You know, they're, they're in their own division now. Yeah, and they're on their own. Alabama. You got Alabama is basically a professional football team playing against college teams. And oh, it's oh yeah, ridiculous. I mean, just to give a quick update, What's the score for Alabama and Arkansas right now? Uh, it's still 41-14. And uh, you have but... uh, Tua Tagaavola yes. already in the first half 
already throwing over 300 yards, and he hasn't passed that much. He only passed 11 times. Over 300 <laughs> yards and four TDs. You got to give a – you know how I'm, I was born in Hawaii. The Hawaii boy is just tearing up. We got two good, uh, you know, Hawaiians, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that, that are just really cleaning up with football. And, and Tua is just playing a flawless game. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you look at all all the whole season he's been playing flawless. There has not been a single thing where you can point out and say, hey, he needs to improve on that. I mean, yes. he, he, there's no flaws to him and how he's playing right now. And with Alabama, there's no flaws either. You know, I I just told you this before we started this. There's, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and call it. No one's going to beat Alabama, and they're going to win national championship this year. Yeah, I, I don't, I and I don't, I don't care what team you're all, what what team you are, you're all, whether you're Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, LSU. I don't care who you are. You're not beating Alabama. There's no way. Yeah, and I think I think anybody that comes in and comes at them and says we're going to stop you and so on and so forth, uh, for lack of a better term, they're delusional, and. And I, I say that with all due respect to them. But, you know, uh, for example, I just um, I just got an update with the Alabama, and they're already in the red zone for, against Arkansas. And, and now they're rushing. You know, they're kind of going into, okay, we're going to kill this team, so we're just going to rush the ball. And, you know, they're having 19-yard gains rushing the ball, mm-hmm. you know. So even though the rushing – has not put up the numbers, you know, like uh, like some Heisman contenders. They really haven't had to because you got Tua throwing for 334 yards. Oh, yeah. That's, now, what I was, that's what I was about to say. I mean, they haven't needed the need to rush. And that's, sure. why, that's why their numbers haven't been as big as other teams because they're able to distribute between everybody. I mean, you look at – I mean – Alabama this year has already been blowing out teams by the second quarter, and they can go ahead and put in their second string and third stringers. I mean, yes. that's just that's how crazy it's been. And and you know, you mentioned about uh, you know when you have a huge player like with Louisville who who goes to the pros, and and there's this huge vacuum. Alabama with this advantage, okay. You basically you run up the you not run up the score, but you know you start beating the team really thoroughly, and you bring in your secondary teams, and you can do evaluations on them because someone like Arkansas they're down forty one fourteen right now, they can still keep their their defense in there in hopes of getting back in the game. You put your secondary against them, and you know you got a good evaluation of what you're going to have next year. Uh, in certain positions that you might have a senior or a junior that might go pro. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely think it's, uh, you know, a really, um, you know, important thing for Alabama that kind of feeds into that machine, that machinery of greatness that they have. I mean, literally you have probably the greatest coach uh, in the history of the NCAA football besides Bear Bryant. And you know, and a few others that that's at the helm, and you know, it's it, it's it's kind of amazing to see this. This I've never seen this kind of dominance, you know, 
over such a long period of time, not my lifetime, obviously. And uh, so this is something special that we're seeing with Alabama. Especially this year. I mean, of course they've had years where they looked down, but, they, you know, of course they weren't really down. But this year is completely different because they have a legit quarterback. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts wasn't a legit quarterback, but they actually have a legit quarterback in Tua. They have good running backs. Their defense is good as usual, even better. I mean, they you look at their wide receivers, too. I mean, they are stacked at every position. And you look at, going back to an example of Louisville, you have Louisville, you have Lamar Jackson. After he leaves, they're scrambling to find the next man up. When Alabama's never going to have that problem because they can reload every single year in the recruiting class. Yes. And, and if, I always tell people, if you ever have a chance, look it up on YouTube where uh, the Alabama strength coach is doing a walkthrough with their facilities. And it's overwhelmingly amazing. I mean, it really is. It, it's it's one of the most uh, impressive things I've ever seen. And I'm just thinking, I'm a football player, and I want to go pro. I have pro talent. And I walk in this facility, and just with strength training, just, just strength training, that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seeing all of this, uh, you know, like something you've never seen before. It, it's quite impressive. I, I highly recommend people to do that. It's, it's, I think I've showed you the video. It's, it's quite impressive. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just like an example of that would be basketball, like Kentucky and everything they have. And if you want to get to the NBA, that's the number one school you go to sure, because, because of the prestige. And that's the same thing with Alabama. If you go to Alabama as a football player, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to make it to the NFL someday. Yeah. Well, you know, like Kentucky, this is one thing that Kentucky does, not to change too much to basketball, but Kentucky, as soon as you walk in their locker room, you're walking on the floor where they won the national championship in 2012 in New Orleans. Right. You're actually, they actually incorporated that into their locker room. And And recruits. Yeah. Yeah. And recruits are seeing that and say, Hey, I want a piece of that too. Sure. Sure, and, and, and Alabama does that. I mean, and you know, all you have to do, and the same thing with Kentucky and basketball, and they're, they're comparable with their sport, okay? You know, you take um, what you do when you have a recruit at UK is you take them to the first practice, okay? Or maybe even the camp out, you know, uh, for the first practice, okay? And with, with Alabama, you just take them to a game. You know, you see that yeah. Rosh crowd, uh, watch them just destroy a team. I mean, imagine – I mean, they're playing at Arkansas. But, I mean, imagine if you attended this game and you saw what they do offensively and defensively, how impressive that would be to you. I guess the only question it would have to a, a really highly sought-after recruit is whether I'm going to get some play time entering yeah. into this situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's the same thing for Kentucky basketball. You know, um, they turned down a lot of really great players because they just don't fit in. But, I mean, that that's a huge recruiting tool and, and just feeds into the beast of Alabama. Yeah. You know, so, but I, I definitely think, you know, Alabama's got this one. 
Um, you know, and I, I definitely think the Texas Oklahoma is going to be interesting. It's 31 24 right now. Um, yeah, that game looks like it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game, I think. So, so and then later game Clemson at Wake Forest. Now, the reason I want to talk about this game is because last week Clemson had a tough time with Syracuse. And I, and I think, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think Wake Forest is going to put up a, a little bit of a fight. I think so, too. Um, and I, I think one of the things, I mean, that the line is Clemson up by 20. Um, there's a lot of unknowns with Clemson. Um, you know, and the quarterback, uh, you know, how they deal with uh, the adversity that they've been seeing with teams that they normally would just, you know, kill. I mean, mm-hmm. they would just normally vanquish them in the first half, you know, a la Alabama style, you know. But uh, they're having really hard times with teams that are, you know, middle of the road uh, type of teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Wake Forest, I don't know if you've looked at their line, okay, but they're a big passing team. They're explosive. They actually have some running clout, too. I mean, Hartman for Wake Forest has 1,185 yards passing. Not too shabby. Mm-hmm. He has 10 TDs and five interceptions. So he does throw a lot. I mean, he's got a lot of TDs. He's got a lot of interceptions. Um, they're, they're rushing. They uh, Rushing combined, they've almost rushed for 800 yards. So they're very balanced. Uh, so Clemson has shown holes in their defense, of course. Mm-hmm. And if if Wake Forest can drive on them, this is going to be trouble for them. I yeah, I, I, I really do. Also, considering it's at Wake Forest, I think, you know, Clemson is just a win. I mean, I'm not going to take away from them at all. They're a good team, and their defense is good. But Clemson, it's just a matter of when are they going to finally – start to beat teams thoroughly and when are they going to start to you know look like the team everyone thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season yes and they haven't looked like that team and a lot of that I mean their quarterback Kelly Bryant who's a senior of course he just you know transferred and he got a full release so and Trevor Lawrence the freshman who started over you know who uh, Dabo Sweeney's picked to start for the rest of the season, you know, he just got hurt. He just sprained his neck his, uh, last week against Syracuse. So, I mean, do you think Clemson is going to start to assert itself, assert themselves with, you know, against other teams? Or do you think it's going to be like this for the rest of the season? I think I, I in, in all honesty, I think it's going to be like this the rest of the season. I really do. And, and one of the reasons is because you mentioned their defense being good. It hasn't been devastatingly good. And the one common denominator we have here is Texas A&M. Okay. And Texas A&M is, um, you know, they lost, they barely lost from 28-26. And then, you know, you got them going up against uh, an Alabama uh, at Texas A&M and Arkansas, you know, so there are some comparisons that we can make uh, as far as Clemson against a caliber of an SEC type of team. And just just 
comparing apples to oranges, uh, they're not even close to where they need to be. Mm-mm. And I definitely think that there's a huge possibility that in the next three or four games that they're going to lose. And if they do lose, they're out too. I mean, it's yeah. the same thing as Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if they lose just one game, they're going to – I think they're out for yeah. sure. Well, when you drop out of – you know, you were number two in the nation, you drop and you haven't lost a game. That just shows you. Yeah, that says that they don't have – you know, they know, I think – the people who vote for the standings they know that this team is is just not where it needs to be mm-hmm. it may, will change, maybe it will but i i just don't see it i really don't and that's just one man's opinion but um i just don't see it i i haven't seen a whole lot redeeming about uh clemson other than the fact that they can come back and beat a team that they should have already been you know, last last five minutes of a game, come back and beat them. Right. They should have had them down 20 before the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, my prediction, I think, like, of course, I'll give Clemson, I think they'll win. But I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be going in there and blowing them out by any means. I think it's a safe assessment, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then another game later on tonight, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, of course, losing to Old Dominion. Oh, boy. Early in the season. And their quarterback just absolutely just murdered uh, Virginia Tech. So, and then Notre Dame has been playing a lot better. They've actually surprised me because I didn't think they were going to be a legit team, but they're starting to really look like it, especially after they made a quarterback change to – from Brandon Wimbush to Ian Book, and Ian Book has been playing really freaking good. So I think I think you know Notre Dame's going to come into Virginia Tech, and I think I think honestly I think they're going to murder Virginia Tech. Yeah, they really the only concern with uh, Notre Dame was that one game against Vanderbilt where they almost lost twenty two seventeen. And there's also Ball State, right? Uh, Ball that's- State was twenty four sixteen. Yes, that's right. And uh, so they, they were and, – and then when they made the change uh, against Wake Forest and Stanford, they, they looked like a completely different team. And, uh, you know, they, they completely trounced West, uh, Wake Forest and Stanford. Mm-hmm. Considering Stanford's, you know, always uh, ranked almost every year and, and a decent team, they really uh, – you know, they really took they, – they beat them pretty thoroughly. I mean, you know, you beat somebody yeah. – touchdowns you can't be complained about that mm-hmm. uh, yeah I think, I think that change really helped him. yeah I really do and he's looked really good and like I said and Notre Dame uh, just gonna come in there and I think they're gonna murder Virginia Tech and do you think that you know Notre Dame is they're uh they're independent right now which means that they don't have a conference or they're not a part of a conference do you think in the future they will eventually you know, I've been I, – and I, Tyler, I go back further with Notre Dame than, than you could possibly imagine. I mean, I'm back to the 80s. And I always felt that uh, they should have been in a conference or they should have went to a conference a long time ago. Which in basketball they are because, they're you know, they're in the ACC. But do you yeah. think – I mean, that obviously with football, that's probably – if they do end up 
deciding to be a part of a conference, that would probably be the conference. Oh, I mean, think about this. You know, when Louisville joined the ACC in football and basketball, okay, they could have easily – I mean, would you turn down a, a floor – I mean, would you turn down a Notre Dame football program, a storied program like that to go on the ACC? Especially in football? I mean, I yeah. think that, that, would make the, that would make the ACC a lot better by adding oh, Notre Dame. I mean, from the ACC perspective, they would have taken that every day of the week and then Sunday, okay? I think it's Notre Dame that's doing it, and, and they're not wanting to go to a conference because it does free up some things. It frees up you to be able to play teams that you're choosing um, rather than the obligatory – you know, conference schedule that, uh, you know, you would have with like the ACC and things like that. So um, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards it. They'll just stay independent. And um, because they've had plenty of opportunity over the years to do it and they never have, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they're waiting for the SEC. That won't work because they're up in Indiana, northern Indiana. But, uh, you know, it's it just uh, one of those things, you know. That, uh, things, yeah. yeah. They've always been independent, right, even going back to the 80s? Yes, yes. And they always have. And, and the good thing about that, like I said, the good thing about being independent is you can play a team like the Miami Hurricanes, which back in the 80s, the Miami Hurricanes – were huge and oh yeah you know, so they were they were playing each other almost every year it was a huge game nationally televised and you know huge uh ratings and things like that so you don't necessarily have that if you're in a conference schedule so um you know if they do get a, a good rivalry game or they play someone and it's tough and they're both ranked that they can maybe uh, have the flexibility to play that team every year and, mm-hmm. and they're choosing. So, yeah, I, I don't think being an independent school, especially in football, I don't think that hurts them because they have opportunity to prove themselves more than other teams do. You know, I mean, they have, they can open up to, they can play a multitude of teams from different conferences. They can play, they play, for example, they play Miami. And then they can go on and play Stanford, which other teams, of course, they don't have a chance to do because they're a part of a conference. So I think Notre Dame being an independent, it really does not hurt them. No, and it doesn't. And when you have the storied history of, you know, uh, win one for the the Gipper and, and things like that, you know, Notre Dame's an institution on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go up to someone in California who doesn't keep up with football and ask them about Alabama football, and they probably look at you kind of weird. You know, I'm talking about someone that doesn't keep up with sports. But if you mention Notre Dame football to someone in California who's never really kept up with football or, or college football or anything like that, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. You know, there's been Hollywood movies made about you know, Notre Dame football from, you know, all the way back in the uh, 40s and 50s with the Gipper to uh, uh, Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's like it's like asking a layperson, uh, you know, uh, about Hoosier basketball, you know, how crazy Hoosiers are about basketball. So there's a, there's a mythos to it, you know, that 
I think that gives them the opportunity to not be a part of the big. I mean, think about it this way. You go undefeated as Notre Dame, you're in the championship. That's mm-hmm. all. You're in that. So, you know, there's no doubt about it. Think about the fan base, you know, everything about that. Um, you know, you're getting in. So whether they go undefeated as an independent or undefeated in the ACC or undefeated somehow on the SEC, there's, you know, they're going to get in regardless. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the rest of their schedule looks like, but if they manage to, you know, of course, if they win tonight, I mean, they're looking at, you know, definitely being considered for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, they they definitely have a really good uh, chance of, you know, advancing further. But Notre Dame in the past, and this is the big if, Notre Dame in the past has always had a little trouble with finishing, okay? Um, and this is in the recent past, I should say, you know, where they, they're looking really good and then they'll drop a couple, you know, a couple games in a row. But to answer your question, here's what they have left. They have Virginia Tech, obviously. They play tonight at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pittsburgh next weekend. They which have a they could, yeah, which they, they should beat Pittsburgh. Sure, and it's at Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they're playing Navy at Navy. Uh, at North That's going to be – I think that's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Navy game. At, at Northwestern as well. Uh, Northwestern is always a tough team. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to have – I mean, that's another game where I think Notre Dame could have a problem with. Yeah, Florida State, Syracuse. Syracuse, remember, uh, team mm-hmm. that almost defeated Clemson. And then you got USC. So, in, in a historical context – if you look at those last five teams or last four teams, wow. Florida yeah. State, you know, other than having a down year, you know, Syracuse is uh, – they're okay. But USC, I mean, those are some pretty good programs. Under different years, you've been like, hey, you know, they might lose two or three of those. Teams. And yeah. going back to what we said earlier, that's a very diverse schedule. Yes. Yeah, teams from ACC. You have teams from, uh, from the Pac-12. West I mean, Coast, just, yeah. no, and that's just, yeah, I, I, very well traveled uh, team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Notre Dame is looking, you know, like they've really surprised me this year. So going back to the last game that we're going to talk about, and of course, as always, save the best for last, which is UK traveling to take on Texas A and M, and that's going to be this is going to be a Definitely a drag-on defensive game. I'm just thinking about it. I think it is. And it's just going back to what we said on uh, Tuesday's or Wednesday, uh, Tuesday's show. Um, it's a matter of this is a definitely a tone-setter game. Whoever has the ball first, and if Kentucky has the ball first, if they can, of course, drive down the field. And if Texas A&M uh, – gets the ball first, is Kentucky's defense, can they force, you know, a three and out or, you know, just either way, just forcing them to punt? 
And, and thinking in, in terms of big picture uh, of the whole season for Kentucky, you know, we define the Florida game as, you know, the streak game, uh, you know, the, the need to get over, you know, to get the streak taken care of. And then we got to South Carolina, which I considered to be uh, more of a character game. I think the Texas A&M game is going to be a will game. And what I mean by will is uh, this is somebody that wants to come in and win. And they want to will a win. Texas A&M is no joke. They no. lost two games, but they lost to two teams they should have lost to. I mean, you know, uh, anybody – I mean, they lost to – uh, they barely lost to Clemson, and then they lost to Alabama. And but at the same time, Arkansas was hanging with them last weekend. Absolutely. So, I mean, I just think. I mean, this is definitely going to be a defensive-minded game, in my and, opinion. And that crowd, the, the six-man, or you know, they call it six-man in, uh, in college basketball, but the the crowd. Uh, I guess you call them the twelfth man <laughs> in football. But the crowd is definitely going to be a, a big factor. Oh, know, yeah, especially, I mean, at Kyle Field, they have over 100,000 people. And these two teams don't know each other. It's the second time they've played. So the last, I believe the last time they played was in the 50s with Bear Bryant. Yeah. Actually. And, and you know, they're, they're, they're very and, – and it's interesting because you have two teams kind of going in different directions – and uh, you have one team like Kentucky who can keep going and, and, and become 6-0, and or you have Texas A&M to kind of uh, finally get past um, the, the two devastating losses that they have and kind of reestablish themselves in the SEC. I mean, yeah. they're all in the West. You know, it's not, they're not going to win the West. It's just not going to happen. It's oh, hard. no. I mean, they've already <laughs> – but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I definitely think it, it's definitely going to be a will game. And a big, big game has to come from Snell. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, he does. And I think – Play well, but, you know, Snell's most important. What Kentucky needs to do for first half, they need a – their defense has to stay on top. They have to be good throughout the first half because they're not going to have Cash Daniels for – the first half. So, and he's one of their best players on defense. He's been playing really good so far. So not having him for that first half hurts. And they're starting, I believe a freshman in his place. And that's going to be, you know, for that freshman, he's definitely going to have to, you know, work, you know, work his ass off, especially against Texas A&M. And on as far as offense, that first half yeah. Kentucky had against South Carolina, they got everyone into the game. They got C.J. Conrad, Dorian Baker, Benny Snell, A.J. Rose, Taven Richardson. They need to – they really need to get these other weapons in the game if they want to win tonight because Texas a and they know Kentucky's going to feed it to Benny Snell. Yes. I mean, Texas a yeah. knows that. So, Kentucky is definitely going to have to switch it up if they want to win this game and not just right off of Benny. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, the, the Texas A&M, it ought to be interesting to see how Texas A&M changes their offense uh, to maybe exploit the 
the uh, you know the greenness of the linebacker that's going to be uh, you know playing in in place of Cash Daniels. You know, and see if they maybe run a, a a little bit towards his direction and things like that. But Cash Daniels is not the entire defense for Kentucky. So you know uh, the, the the defensive line for Kentucky has been monstrous this year. And, oh yeah. Uh, Oh, so I mean, you know, losing one player. It, would I like to have them in there? Of course, but uh, it, we definitely don't want to go into a, a situation thinking that you know we're going to have to change the way we play defense to this point. I don't think that oh, yeah. needs to be done. And uh, Texas A&M's quarterback is another mobile corner uh, quarterback. Yes, and you know, in the previous games, Kentucky's had no problem with. Uh, containing a mobile quarterback. And that's been the surprising part because most defenses you think, you know, if they have a good defense, you're like, well, you know, uh, maybe we have a chance because we have a mobile quarterback, but that's not been the case here. And uh, I definitely think that if Kentucky plays hard, they should win this game. Does that mean that they, they are? No, it doesn't because they're I mean, on, pa- on paper, Kentucky should win this game. Yes. But there are a lot of factors that can't be recorded on paper, such as the crowd, uh, you know, and, and, th- and other intangibles that could come into play. Um, you know, how is Kentucky feeling about this game? Are they intimidated or anything like that? I don't think they are, believe me, because I, mean, I don't they think are. you get 5-0 and and feel intimidated against a Texas A&M team. As, as we know? said on the podcast last time, there was already a – Texas defensive player already saying that they're not they shouldn't have a problem stopping UK's run game. Yep. And, and uh, that just, you know, keep saying that, buddy. That's just going to fuel Kentucky. Everybody and I tell you, the one thing that I love about this game is everybody that comes to it, they still haven't learned the Snell lesson, okay? And that is underestimating Snell. Everybody that they've played to this point, with an exception, you know, a few exceptions, there are underestimating Snell. They look at his size. They look at his speed. And they think, we can stop that. We faced uh, running backs with more athleticism, uh, with more moves and things like that. But that's why I was talking about Will. Snell has Will. And he's a will type of running back. You know, he's going to hit that line, and he'll get some hands on him. But he'll he'll eke out a couple more yards because of it. Oh, yeah. Snell is a football fan's dream as far as a running back. And there's been many over the years. But he's definitely fun to watch, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's dangerous. And, and when you go into a game thinking, ah, we can handle this guy, I think that's just the wrong mentality to go into a game thinking that way. It's, it's, yeah. it's really is, mm-hmm. you know, I, if I was a coach, I'd like, you know what, you want me to show you some film from Florida, uh, even the first half of South Carolina, you know, let's watch some film here and maybe you should shut up <laughs> yeah. and, and just say, Hey, you know, we're going to play our game hard and we're going to do what we can do. You can be confident, but, Shooting off at the mouth like that, I just – I love it because, you know, it, it gives extra motivation to Kentucky, and that's what Kentucky needs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with Cash Daniels being out the first half, 
um, you know, that, that hurts us, but I, I don't think it's devastating. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think we should win this game. Um, and I'm feeling confident about it. Not cocky, but I definitely think we should. And I'm going to call it, I think UK's going to win by seven. Really? Yes. Really? I didn't think you'd say that. Yep. And hopefully, when we do the postgame show, I mean, we can get you on and we can get Kevin on, too. That would be really good fun. That would be really fun. And um, going back to what I said about um, Kentucky, in the first half, I think it's more of keeping the offense and keeping that going. But once they get Cash Daniels back in the second half, I think it's defense shutting him down as much as they can. Absolutely. And we already know that Kentucky can win away games especially when they're probably the underdogs. And tough crowds, too. Yeah. Florida's no slouch either. Florida's no slouch in the, in the crowd game either because they were excited about this team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, they weren't a, they weren't a top 10 team, but they were a ranked team, and they were excited about that team just in the same way that Kentucky's excited about their team. So, I mean, that was no slouch. Now, it's not 105,000 people. Mm-hmm. But 105,000 people can be crickets just so in the same way as, as 50,000. Yeah. So, I think that's know. another thing that UK is going to have to focus on, which is keeping that crowd under control. Certainly. And uh, going uh, final predictions, I mean, for defense, it's definitely going to have to contain Texas A&M's running game. And for offense, get other weapons in the game besides Benny Snell because we know Benny Snell is going to have his, but getting those other weapons in the game, I think that's, and keeping it, keeping it um, unpredictable. I think that's going to help out Kentucky a lot, especially in this game. And my final prediction, I think Kentucky's going to win by three points. Okay, great. Um, so that was kind of a little, the top games at least for this weekend. And I'm, you know, there's plenty of other fun games that are going to happen and guys make sure to tune in to the post game show. Definitely be doing that after uh, the Kentucky Texas A&M game is over. And as long as Kentucky wins, you know, Tim is going to, he's going to join me for that. And I, and I say this every week, but I, I have to keep saying it. I can't thank you guys enough for staying. For those of you who've listened to all the episodes so far, everyone at the Man Cave Sports Podcast, you know, we really thank you for, you know, staying with us, still listening to us. We still have a lot to improve on, but, you know, with time, there's a lot of potential with this, and we are really excited for it. So, guys, make sure to st- tune in for later for the post game show on the Man Cave Sports Podcast.